Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Wow, well done. Thank you. Thank you. It is such an honor to be here, and to be here tonight at a rally night is it's pretty special. Um, hey, I am. I had so much fun this morning at church. How many of you were at church this morning? Can I get a wave, a holler, or something? Hey, I, I love what is happening at Vivid Church. I do. I loved uh, seeing the room full of so much diversity, of story, of experience, of, of, of background, of age, I mean, of season of life. I'm like, this is a glimpse of heaven. And that doesn't happen on accident. This is a reflection of the Spirit of God on the move here in Vancouver. And I really believe that the last two years, God has been forming something, and it is just the beginning for Vivid Church. If I could just speak into the potential of Vivid for a second. Sometimes you're so in it, you don't know. So as an outsider coming in, let me remind you that there's something really great happening here. God is up to something here. And I believe that something is happening here that is going to actually have a ripple effect in other nations around the world, in other cities, in other places. Some of you don't even know what you're about to be a part of yet. You just joined the journey. You're like, this is great. I have community. I'm growing in my faith. But you have no idea over the next few years where just being a part of the local church here and being a part of the move of God here that is taking place in Vancouver, what you're going to be a part of and seeing thy kingdom come, thy will be done. There are people in your workplaces. There are people in your families. There are people right now in your life. You don't even know yet that you're going to be the one who's going to be able to share the gospel story of Jesus Christ and their lives are going to be radically changed. And you don't even know the gifts that are going to be sparked and begin to move within you that God is going to use in other people's lives. Some of you have no idea. Isn't that, it's like, I look back on my life and I look back on the last five years and I'm like, oh, we make plans, God laughs. But here's one thing I do know is that his plans are way better than what we can imagine or hope for. And so I want to encourage you in this place, whatever season you're in, whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're frustrated by, wherever you feel like, oh, what's the next thing? It's unclear. God knows. And I promise you, it's good. It's much better than you could even orchestrate on your own. Oh, God has something so good in store for us tonight. And um, you know, re- really quickly, before we pray and jump into the message, that wasn't the message, by the way. I just am really excited about what God is doing here and excited about what God is doing in your life. He's doing something so special. He's doing something so unique, and, and I can feel it. There's like a stirring happening, even in this place. You can just sense it, and, and, and if not, I, I know by the end of the night, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I get it now. Like, God's doing something here. Um, but uh, I did just start something. I launched something a couple months ago for young women called Iridescent Women, and, and Justin spoke to it. And I want to encourage the women here to check it out. It's actually a platform for you. It's an online community, videos, articles, podcasts, all of it. And I'm not. this isn't a sales pitch, by the way. There's nothing to buy. We just created this as a resource for you. So it is completely because I believe in the potential of young women. I believe that that there is a, there's something happening in the world right now with women, and there's so many great things that are taking place, and there's also so much potential to get a bit confused about what it means to fulfill potential as a young woman. And I believe that God has um, called women to do great things. Amen. And his heart is for women. And so that's really the spirit behind Iridescent Women. So... If you go to iridescentwomen.com slash vivid, we've actually created a gift for you. So you go there. We have something for you. And I hope you just take the time to explore and read some articles, read some videos, and, and be encouraged and be inspired in a number of different areas in your life. But it really is for you. And I hope that you women in this room are encouraged by it. Why don't we pray before we jump into the message here tonight? Thank you, Jesus. 
that you're here. Oh, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Where your presence is, there's freedom. There's hope. <laughs> there's joy. There's comfort. There's strength. Oh, thank you that you're here with us. And I pray that you'd have your way in this place, God. We, I think the danger of, of gathering together is that we could, we could have a good time. We could hear a good message. We could talk a lot about you and leave not experiencing you. We want to experience you here tonight. We want an encounter with your presence that marks us way beyond our time here. We want you to speak to the places of our heart that we don't even know need to be spoken to. Bring healing in miraculous ways. Bring freedom. Bring breakthrough tonight. Give us wisdom. Give us direction. Give us clarity. Bring peace where there's been chaos. Bring hope where there's been discouragement. Bring love that casts out all fear. Have your way in this place. Thank you that your heart is for us, God. And I pray that we'd lean in and experience everything that you have for us tonight in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, one of the things that, that I, I felt really like I needed to do this this year, uh, and I don't know if it was a New Year's resolution, I don't know what it was, but I, you know, when the New Year comes, you kind of start wanting to do some things, and for me, I really wanted to go through the Bible in one year. You know, different years, I do different studies, every day I, I read something from, from God's Word, but I felt like this was a year where I wanted to go through the whole Bible in, in a year again. And I hadn't done that in a few years, so I was really excited. And at the beginning of the year, I fell madly in love all over again with the book of Genesis. It's the very first book of the Bible in the Old Testament. And uh, it, it is, it's this incredible story of humanity having, having this complete, perfect love with God and experience. And then humanity lost. And, and then you see humanity struggle to try to get back to this place uh, of connection with God. And you also see throughout Genesis, like God creating a path of redemption for humanity. I mean, it is messy. It is miraculous. It is barbaric. It is brutal. It is bold all in one. And, and I think my favorite part about the book of Genesis is that in every life that is highlighted throughout the book of Genesis, it's kind of like looking at a mirror. Like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years have passed and yet still humanity deals with the same struggles, the same desires. We're still trying to figure out the same things. And, and, and each, each story, each life is like seeing, ah, we are more alike than we are different. <laughs> and God does know the human heart and God's heart is towards humanity. And I had one of these aha mere moments when I was studying the life of Jacob. And Jacob is a guy in the Old Testament, if you're not familiar, in the book of Genesis, I mean, his story Man, I, it's one that I at least could relate to, and I think a lot of us can, because nothing ever came easy for this guy, like nothing. He always had to struggle and wrestle and toil his way to try to make a name for himself. You know, he was favored by his mother from birth, but not by his father, and that messed with him. And it began a decades-long hunt and search for what his dad had never provided. And, and he was constantly trying to make something of himself. I mean, he... he he basically, you know, uh, uh, stole from his brother. He outwitted his brother to get his brother's birthright, which was very significant in that time and age. And then he went as far as to pretend to be someone else in order to get a blessing from his own father. Like he literally wore a mask and pretended to be his brother in order to get any blessing from his own dad. And if that weren't tragic enough, he spent 14 years of his life working manual hard labor just at the and marrying the woman that he loved. I mean, nothing came easy for this guy. Nothing. 
He constantly had to outwit, outscam, outwork, outsmart his way to the top. And all of this, I feel like, is so relatable. Because I, I think that's humanity, apart from experiencing the, the powerful, saving love of Jesus Christ. We, were, we get stuck in this hustle in our life to try to make something of ourselves. We, we're constantly looking how to outsmart, outmask, outscam our way to, to happiness or to the top or to both. Without the affirmation of our Heavenly Father, we're all stuck in the same cycle of trying to work and struggle and toil to make something of ourselves. But in the story of Jacob in, in Genesis, it, it gets to this moment where, where all of his struggling leads to actually a, a, a wrestling match with God himself. And that's where his story becomes incredibly significant, not just for him, but for every single one of us. And I want us to read really what takes place as he brings his struggle directly to God. And it's found here. I'm going to read from the message translation in Genesis chapter 32, starting in verse 22. It says, during the night, he got up, Jacob, and he took his two wives, different time back then, right? Uh, his two maidservants his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook along with all of his possessions. But Jacob stayed behind by himself, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now, many translations would capitalize this M. A man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as they wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joint. The man said, let me go. It's daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. The man said, what's your name? He answered, Jacob. Now, I'm going to stop right there. A lot of times we want a blessing, and God's more interested in how we see ourselves, right? We say, God, where's the blessing? And God says, no, 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 what's your name, right? What's your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel, God wrestler. You've wrestled with God, and you've come through. Jacob asked, and what's your name? The man said, why do you want to know my name? And then right then and there, he blessed him. His whole life, all he wanted was blessing. This is his moment. He blessed him. Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God face to face and I lived to tell the story. The sun came up as he left, limping because of his hip. This is why Israelites to this day don't eat the hip muscle, because Jacob's hip was thrown out of joint. Now, this is a crazy story, right, to say the least. I mean, who would have thought that God himself would enter into a wrestling match with an ordinary man? It's crazy. It's also full of hope for each and every one of us. Because in Jacob's story, it wasn't until he got to a place in his life where he was willing to redirect all of the struggle and all of the wrestle, not to career achievements, not to how much money he had in the bank, not to relationships, not to romance, not to image, not to hashtag health goals, but to God himself, that transformation and blessing became a reality in his life. And the same is true for every single one of us. Listen, we all are in a fight of some kind. We're all in a struggle. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but life is not easy. We're all in the middle of some kind of fight. The fight to find freedom, the fight to discover love, the fight to figure out who we are and what we're on this earth to do, the fight to forgive, the fight to let go and move on, the fight to heal, 
the fight to dream again, the fight to find peace. We're all in the middle of a fight. But the reality is, until we let Jesus into the fight, until we invite him into the wrestle and the struggle we're in, there is no hope for blessing and transformation. Jesus in every and every circumstance of our lives, any and every, is the source of our victory. And the best part of the story is that, yes, Jesus is the risen Savior. Yes, he's Lord Almighty. Yes, he's the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and Omega. He is the miracle maker. He is the Messiah. He is the one who brings the dead back to life. He's the one who heals the sick. He's the one who casts out demons. He is the resurrected king. You know what else he is? He is Lord of the wrestle. He doesn't run from our problems. He runs to them. He wants to be a part of the wrestle. And when we invite him in to the struggles of our lives, when we invite him into the middle of the fight, that's where hope and transformation begins. So let's look a little bit more closely at this story to see what we can learn about our own fight and what it means to invite God in. I think one of the, the most brilliant things about this story, if we, if we take a look at it, is, is that, you know, God met Jacob. And God has a way of meeting us too. And until he does, nothing changes. You know, I actually believe that really the responsibility, one of the great responsibilities of the local church and pastors and church leaders is not to give people a play-by-play about God or a tutorial on Everything there is to know about God, here you go. I put it all here in a pamphlet, and now you're set for life? No, I mean, we can't understand the great mysterious God that easily. And if somebody's selling you on the fact that we can, then it's probably short-sighted, right? I don't think that's the great responsibility of the church. I think one of the great responsibilities of church leaders and local church environments is to create an awareness of the presence of God, an awareness of the fact that He's in the business of meeting with people. That he's not distant, that he's not far off. He's here. He's near. Yeah. Like, let, let me put it this way. I, I do believe that, that knowledge is powerful. And we need to grow in our knowledge and understanding of God. But without the spirit of God, it's, it's nothing more than empty programs and lectures and messages. You know, I mean, we could come here together tonight and we have and we could sing songs and, and, and then the worship team, who's brilliant, by the way, they could teach us a new song here tonight. But unless the presence of God here is here, it's, it's just a song. It's not worship, you know, and, and I, I could I could teach you how to study the Bible and I could do a whole message compelling you, reminding you the importance of reading the Bible on your own. But until you open the Bible on your own with the faith that God wants to speak to you personally, then all it is is checking a box out of religious duties for the week. You know, the difference between us and the Pharisees and religious leaders of Jesus' day is that we're following the living Jesus, not just the written law. He's with us. He's alive. I think sometimes we get some bad theology around this. We start saying things like, there was once a season of my life where God was so near. He was speaking to me all the time, but now he's so silent. He's so distant. He's just not around. I don't know what I did. He's trying to teach me a lesson, but I don't know what it is. It's like a game of hide and seek, but it's really messed up because he's divine and I'm not, and I can't figure out where he is, right? But we live 
in the new covenant, which simply means we live in the aftermath of what Jesus did on the cross. When he paid the ultimate price, he gave his life, he sacrificed himself to atone for our sins and to provide a way for us to always be connected to God, the Father, a way and a path to be near God at all times, always. In fact, because of what Jesus has done, when we place our faith in Jesus and the sacrifice that he made, we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God. We can confuse about what the Spirit of God is. We're like, is it an id? Is it a weird, I don't know. Is it a mystical force? Like, is it Casper the friendly ghost? Like, we don't really know how to explain the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's he. It's the Spirit of God. God the Father, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Three in one God. It's a great mystery, but it's the Spirit of God. It's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. This is who we are speaking about here. And because of what Jesus has done for us, because we place our faith in the fact that Jesus has made a way for us to be near to God, that means we have access to the Holy Spirit at all times, which means God is not far away. He's near. He's not silent. He's speaking. Listen, you might feel far from God, but I promise he's near. I want to encourage you today. You might feel like he's grown silent, but may all of these words written by the very Spirit of God for you, from the heart of God to you, be a reminder, he's not silent. He's here. He's with us. He's with us. And when we can begin to understand that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is with us every day, that that we are in a continual invitation to be near to God, and to experience what only his presence can bring, that's where there's transformation. That's where there's hope. That's where there's breakthrough. He's with us. Some of you, we could just get that revelation. He's here. We don't just talk about it. It's not like a cliche thing. It's like, oh, that's what you're supposed to say at church, right? Like, he's here, and it makes everybody happy. No, no, no. He's really here. His presence is here. And tomorrow when you wake up as a believer in Jesus Christ, he's with you. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. So what could happen tonight if we lived in the reality that he's here and that he's not silent? So let's get personal. What, What are the things right now that you wish your creator would speak to you? What areas of your life do you need some direction? What are the places that you're like, you know what? We haven't talked about this, but this is what we really need to talk about. I pray that we make space tonight to hear from heaven, that we make space and that we have the faith that God is not silent towards us. He's speaking, he's leading, he's guiding, he's with us every step of the way. God showed up for Jacob and he has a way of showing up for us too. God went as far as to give Jacob a new name and he was the only one who could do that. And the same is true for us as well. God gives us a new name. Once we were lost, now we're found. Once we had no idea who we are, but now we're sons and daughters of God because of Jesus. He's given us a new name. It's interesting because Jacob, his name Jacob, the original name, it meant to, to trip. It meant to grasp at the heel. It meant to overthrow. And then his new name that was given Israel, it meant he wrestles with God. He contends with God and God prevailed. So think about that. Both names were equally aggressive. Both were pretty violent, right? So getting a new name did not mean getting a new personality. 
and meant just having a redeemed one. Some of us are afraid to fully follow Jesus because we're like, ooh, what's going to happen? And I'm going to become Mr. Rogers? Like, I don't know if I got it in me, you know? No, no, no. He made you the way he made you. He loves your personality. He loves your talents. He loves your gifts. He loves your passions. He loves you. He's not trying to change how he made you. He's just in the process of redeeming, right? And it's interesting the name that Jacob was given, Israel, because it it speaks to two things. It it speaks to the bravery that Jacob had because it takes some guts to wrestle with God. And it also speaks to the humility because in the fight, God won. He got a new name. God gives us a new name too. It's fascinating to me that the name came in the middle of a wrestle. The name came in the middle of a struggle. You know, we, we, we live in a day and age where we love transformation stories. Oh, man, we have shows about this. We have reality shows. We have reality shows about the reality shows about complete and total makeovers, right? Makeover of, of the, the, the physical body, makeover of the face, makeover of the clothing, makeover of the home, makeover of the marriage, whatever. We, we love it. And, and marketing, oh, man, they sell us a lot of stuff based on this joy and love of quick transformations. You know, that's how diet pills become a thing, right? I don't know if they work, but man, did you see that before and after photo? I got to get it, right? Like this is, this is how we think. We love before and after photos. We love quick transformations. You know, if we're not careful, we can love it so much that we put that expectation on what transformation looks like in the kingdom of God. But here we discover that the new, came, the new name came out of a wrestle. It came out of a struggle. It wasn't this before and after quick picture. It wasn't a team of people that came in and in 30 minutes changed our lives with endless budget and lots of cameras. No, it was a wrestle. It was a struggle, right? But but we love trying to make quick transformation stories out of each other. Like, oh, he was once an addict, but now he's a liberator for others. Once she she was struggling with depression, but now she's every time overflowing with joke. Every time, joy, 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 that's it, down in her heart. Where? Down in her heart, joy, right? Like, like, man, they used to be so shy and timid, but now they're like bold as a lion. Like, we love these stories. But what I found in life is that transformation is not always quite that simple. It's more of a wrestle than we like to admit. It's more of a struggle than we like to accept. You know? Now, don't get me wrong, there are moments, absolute moments, of complete and total transformation. Like moments, miraculous moments of deliverance, miraculous moments of freedom, miraculous moments of healing. Hey, I actually believe that, that that's going to be our story tonight. Some of us, we're going to have those moments in the presence of God. Like we're going to leave here, and, and, and the, the chains of addiction are not going to be hanging over us anymore. Like some of us right now, we are broken in a place in our heart, and God's going to speak something, and it's going to bring healing in an instant. Like this is the power of God. He is a miracle maker. In in, in John chapter 8, Jesus radically saves this woman, this woman who's caught in the act of adultery, which back in Jesus' time meant death sentence. She's going to die. He literally saved her life. He, 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 He does what only Jesus can do, and one by one, because of Jesus, because of his actions, because he's an advocate for this woman, her accusers leave. The people that were going to stone her to death, the people that were going to punish her for her act, they leave until it's just Jesus and this woman. 
And he says to her, hey, where are your, where are your accusers? Where are your condemners? And she says, they're not here. <laughs> and Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. And then he says, go and live a life free from the power of sin. So in an instant, she was saved. In an instant, she was saved. In an instant, that was an instant miracle moment. She will always look back on that moment and say, I was about to die, but now I'm alive. And yet, she still had to, after that moment, live out that miracle. She had to live now free from the power of sin. And that sometimes is a straight up wrestle. That's a struggle. We don't like struggle. We don't like messy. We like quick transformation. I, I'm at a season of my life where a lot of my friends, they're, they're getting married, they're having babies, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of my friends that in the last couple of years, they've had their first baby. And it's such an exciting moment for them. And it's, it's there's, I mean, it's, it's incredible to watch. And especially with the first child, everything is a first for the parent as well. And they love their child. So they're so excited. I mean, anything that happens, anything that this child does, they're telling the world about, you know? And they always say, I'm not going to be like that. And then they always are, you know? Like when somebody's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not going to be that parent. It's like, yeah, okay, we'll see, you know? And, and, and then there's just, everything's magical. Like, my baby smiled today. And you're like, cool, right? You know, like, I think they're supposed to do that, right? Like, you know, but it's magical because it's their first. They're growing, they're maturing. This is incredible, you know? They, 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 they talk about their baby in terms of weeks and then in months, and then it's like, at what point do they become years? Because everything's significant, you know? They're like, how old is baby? 43 months old. I'm like, I can't even do the math. I don't know. Like, when did we just say, you know, years? I, I don't know, right? Because they're just so in love with the progress of their child. They love their child so deeply. And then those moments, it's always such a significant moment when the child begins to walk, right? It's like extraordinary. When they talk about that moment, they talk about their child like they're a genius. They do, right? Like, guys, get ready for this. My child took a step. And it's like, it's like it, it almost feels like the level of like they stepped on the moon, you know? Like, this is, this is so real for them. They're so proud of that moment. And now it's like, if it's not caught on video and it's not on Instagram, did it really happen, you know? So they're like trying to get the camera as you know, soon as possible. Like, do it again, take another step. They want the world to know this is so exciting. Now, I have yet to see the experience in life of any parent, regardless of, of their morality, regardless of, of how good or bad of a person they really are in life or the choices they're making, I've never seen them watch their baby take a step, and then when the baby falls, go, really? Really? All of that and you just fall? Do you not know what I've provided for you? Do you not know what I've given and sacrificed for you to be able to walk, and that's all you can give me? Do you know how much you are embarrassing me right now? Like, this is an embarrassment to my name. Like, I can't even believe you are calling yourself or believing that I am your parent and you are my child. I am disgusted. Do better. Do better. You know? No. No. The baby takes a couple steps. The baby falls. And they're like, oh, it's okay. They're celebrating. They're clapping. The baby gets back up. And they're like, let's do it again. Come on. You can do it again. Come on. Because this is life. We're learning to walk. We fall, and a parent, in their kindness, in their humanity, and their kindness, recognizes this is process. They're going to fall, and they're going to get back up. But we don't believe that, that, that God, we get into these weird thinking where God doesn't see us like a parent. And so when we fall, we're like, oh, man, you must not. 
You must be so disappointed in me. I'm still struggling with this area. You must be so frustrated by me. I'm a disappointment to you. I shouldn't even tell people I'm a Christian because they're just going to judge the falling and it's going to be a reflection on you and it's just going to be awful and you're going to have to defend yourself and be like, I don't know what happened with that one. Like, no. What if we began to see in the midst of the struggle, the struggle to discover our new name and to really know what it means to be sons and daughters of God, what if we began to see Jesus and see our Heavenly Father like that good parent? That's like, oh, man, but you took two steps today. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Heaven is cheering you on. We are so excited. We're throwing a party. You took some steps today. I'm letting everybody know the steps you took. I could not be more proud. Right? Come on, you can take some more. And you can take some more. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was, I was walking around the city with my husband, and I tripped. And I wish I could say that there was something in front of me. There wasn't. It was just sidewalk. I was just wearing normal shoes. It was just a normal day. And I tripped. And, uh, you know, gratefully, I didn't fall. I, like, caught myself, you know. But it was, it was an obvious trip. And in, in that moment, you know, my husband was like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? I was like, no, nah, just walking, you know, and it didn't work out well for me. Uh, but... <laughs> That happens. That happens sometimes. I've been walking for a really long time, like I have. Now, could you imagine in that moment if when this trip happens that I turn to my husband and I say, that's it. I'm a failure. I thought I knew how to walk, but clearly I don't. In fact, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Because I've been telling people I can walk, but I just tripped. I don't know if this walking thing is actually for me. Like, I don't know. Is, is walking even real? I don't know. I don't know. Right? No. I just go, I tripped, and I keep walking. And I really believe some of you need to hear this right now because you've been following Jesus for more than a minute. And so somehow you have expectations that you're never going to stumble ever again in life. And it's not accurate. And so you're in the middle of a stumble, you're in the middle of a trip, you're in the middle of a struggle, and you're getting in your head. And you got, I'm a failure, I'm a hypocrite, I don't even know, I used to think I was a leader, I thought I was more mature, God, well, should I just quit this whole thing altogether? I'm rethinking my whole life, I'm rethinking my whole faith, I don't know if I'm qualified. No, 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 you just tripped. It's part of the journey. It's part of the struggle, it's part of the wrestle. You keep moving forward and know that God's grace is sufficient for you and that he's guiding you in love and truth every step of the way. But we don't like messy. We like quick and easy transformation. We don't like the messy. I remember when I was a, a little girl, uh, I, I lived in a neighborhood where there was a few of us that were all around the same age. So every day after school and every day summer, we just hung out. That's what we did. And we got into the normal amounts of trouble that you're supposed to as a kid. It was really awesome. And, and I remember one day one of my friends his older brother, he was a teenager while we were like, I don't know, eight, nine, he got a skateboard. And it was the original kind of skateboards, the ones that are really long that kind of resemble like surfboards on wheels, you know, like it was that kind of skateboard. And, uh, and we were so fascinated with that. We, it was the coolest thing we've ever seen. And he would let us use the skateboard as long as we didn't, you know, bust it. We could use it. And, uh, and, and we were so small that what we would do when the skateboard was so large is we'd get on it like two to three people deep and we'd sit on it and we'd get at the top of this hill and we would just have somebody push us and that was the ride. It was awesome. Like who needs Disneyland when you have this, you know? And so 
so we would do this, and, and we loved it. We were so excited. This is our new thing we're going to do every day. And so we all went to our different houses at the end of the day. And, you know, at dinner, we all told our parents, this is so exciting. You know, we have a skateboard to play with now, and this is the game that we play. And every one of our parents was like, nope, not going to happen. You're not doing that ever again, because they're thinking trips to the emergency room, right? So they're like, no, you don't have a helmet. This is dangerous. You can't do this. So we all convened together the next day, and we shared our, our sad stories about how our parents had outlawed what we had just discovered. And so you know, we did what was reasonable. We decided we're going to keep doing it, but not tell, tell our parents anything, right? Like, and so we had this whole operation. I'm talking about we were strategic. It's like where you learn great leadership as a child is in these moments of trying to get away with things. Because we had this whole plan, and we would take turns, and we'd have somebody on the lookout watching to make sure if a parent came, we had like a code word, and everybody would disperse, you know, because we were so committed to this new game we'd found. And so we were doing this, and, and, and it was so much fun. And then my sister, oh, my poor sister. My sister is like, she's, she's not a big risk taker. She's not a rebel. She plays by the rules. But something that day, I think she saw the excitement we all were having, and she's like, I'm going to do this. This is my moment. I can do this too. And so she gets on the skateboard the first time, and she just hits a bump, and she goes flying in the air. She rolls down the rest of this concrete uh, uh, area, and when she gets up, she's bleeding. Like, her whole elbow is just bleeding, right? Like, gushing blood. But she was a team player. Because when she got up, the first thing she did is she looked at all of us and says, don't worry, I'm not telling anybody. And so then we're like, okay, good, 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 you know? And we're going to figure this out on our own. Nobody has to know. And so my sister runs into the house. And I run behind, like, to cover, you know, in case my mom sees. And she runs straight into the bathroom. She closes the door, and she's trying to clean up this mess and, and clean up all of the blood and, and, and bandage it herself. And I don't know how she would know to do that, but we thought we could figure this out on our own. So I'm standing guard outside the bathroom door. My mom comes by because we never do this in the middle of the day. We don't just run into the bathroom like this. We like being outside and playing. And so mom was like, what's going on? You know, moms know. What's up? What's going on? And I'm like, nothing. I just, we just love you. You know, like, it's just really bad. Like, just wanted to spend time with you. And she's like, move out of the way, you know? And so she's knocking on the door, Kristen, Kristen Ann, Kristen Ann, like, you know, the whole name, Kristen Ann Ray's like, open the door right now. And, and my sister finally opens the door because she knows she's going to have to. She opens the door. And, and when you open the door, you see that there's a towel and it's full of blood, like everywhere, right? But my sister's going like this, like, just like this, you know, like super suave and smooth. And she's like, hey, what's up, mom? Hey, what's going on? Literally, blood is dripping down from her elbow behind her. And she's like, what's going on? My mom's like, hey, what's going on with you? You know? And, and it was this interesting moment where finally, my mom's, or, you know, sister, she said, nothing, nothing's going on. My mom finally says, uh, show me your arm. And it was this moment of defeat because we all thought, oh, we're never going to get to play again. It's ruined. It's all ruined. My life is ruined, right? Like this whole thing. And she, she just puts her arm out. And it's bleeding. And my mom says, come on. I'm the only one who can bandage you up. What are you doing try to hide this? I'm the only one who can help you. You're so concerned about punishment, and you're forgetting about the fact that I'm your mom, and I need to take care of you right now. And some of us are going to church like this right now. We're going through our life like this right now. It got messy. We fell. We're in the middle of the struggle. The wrestle is real. And instead of actually bringing our pain and our hurt and our setback to God, we're just bleeding out, but we keep showing up to church going, everything's fine. We show up to Hub, we're like, everything's great. People ask, what can I pray for? Oh, you know, I just, just in general, blessing, right? Like, <laughs> right, you know? We, we, we show up to church, everybody's like, how are you doing this week? Oh, I'm great. Everything's really good. Like, it's great. I mean, meanwhile, we're bleeding out, but we're like, it's good. Things are great. 
Nobody knows how much we're struggling with loneliness. We're not going to tell them it's great. It's good. Nobody knows how discouraged we are right now. Nobody knows how depressed we are. Nobody knows how debt we are. Nobody knows how, how, how close we are. But we're like, it's good. Worship comes along, and we lift the one hand we can. You know, like, we're good. We're good, right? We're good. We're good. But what if tonight, what if tonight, Lord of the Wrestle, God himself is saying, hey, you know, I see that. What if you just actually bring it to me? What if you invite me into the messier places right now? Because I'm the only one who can bandage that. I'm the only one who can heal that. I'm the only one who can take care of that. You're so worried of punishment. You're so worried about losing out on something. But what about what you could gain if you brought the messier places to me? He's Lord of the wrestle. He's Lord of the wrestle. The last thought here tonight, and and then we're going to pray together. It was really fascinating from Jacob's story is not only did God give him a new name, but God gave him a limp too. And the limp was a good thing. A lot of us love the idea of a new name, but we don't want a limp, right? Yeah, I'm a child of God. Yeah, I'm an overcomer. Yeah, I'm free. Yeah, I, I, I am saved by grace. I am purposed. I am destined. I am chosen. I'm all the adjectives. I've got them all, right? But uh, I don't know if I want a limp. But you see, when you wrestle with God, when you invite God into the wrestle moments of your life, when you invite God to the fight, yeah, he's going to give you a new name. He's going to give you a deeper understanding of who you are. But there's going to be some things that break too. Pride breaks. Ego breaks. Agenda breaks. Lust breaks. Greed breaks. Impatience breaks. Control breaks. Envy breaks. Doubt breaks. And that's good too. Some of us want the new name, but we don't want the limp. So we're like, God, can, can I get the new name without brokenness? <laughs> can I get the new name without correction? Can I get the new name without having to change something? But the limp, not just the new name, but the limp is actually a sign that we've seen God face to face. The limp. In fact, the, the, the Israelites no longer ate from the hip muscle in honor of the limp. I think sometimes we honor the wrong things. We honor the new job. We honor the promotion. We honor the look. We honor the, oh, you're looking good. I like the haircut. Oh, that's great. Oh, look at you. You're stepping up in your game. This is awesome. Things are happening for you. You got a new car. This is great. We honor the, the, those things. We don't always honor the limp that comes out of a struggle. But the Israelites knew how to honor the limp. I mean, what happened if we were a community of people that honored the limp in each other? Like, what if we were able to say, you know, I, I know. I know you're going through a tough time, but i got to say, there's a compassion coming out of you like I've never seen before. And it's amazing. Like, I, I know right now, oh, I know financially you're believing for a lot of breakthrough. I know it's a struggle right now, but can I say, man, as your friend, there's a generosity coming out of you that I've never seen before. Like, I know. I know right now it's a stretch. But can I just say your faithfulness, your faithfulness is astounding in this season. Like what if we began to honor the right things? Because if we're going to get a new name, we're going to get a limp too, and that's a good thing. If we're going to believe God for breakthrough, then we're going to have to have a a limp of obedience. (laughs) If we're going to believe God for blessing, then we're going to have to have a limp of generosity. Like if we're going to if we're going to believe God for 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 the impossible to become possible in our lives, then we're going to have to develop whatever limps we need so that we can have a faith that moves mountain. Like they go hand in hand. 
God wants to give us a new name. He also wants to give us a limp too. I wonder if we're willing to embrace both. We're all going through a wrestle. We're all going through a fight. I don't know what fight you're in. I don't know if it's a fight to see kingdom come here in Vancouver. I don't know if the fight is to see restoration in your family. I don't know if the fight is financially for you right now. I don't know if the fight is against loneliness or depression. I don't know if the fight is actually just to step into the things God's told you to do that feel a bit scary. I don't know if the fight is to overcome it. I don't know what it is, but there is a wrestle and there's a struggle. And I wonder if we could create space tonight ah, to let Jesus be Lord of the wrestle. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.